Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. There's going to be, I heard there's like an animation strike too. Where yes, yes. A lot of Disney Marvel VFX artists are looking to strike. Yeah. And you know what? A hundred percent. You guys look like because they're not giving you enough time yeah. to finish these things. I 100% agree. As a consumer, I agree. Not even somebody in the business, as, as, as a consumer. Mm-hmm. I never want to see it like that again. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Every Sundays at 12 p.m., we have Ed Park VP with us here today. What's up? No, this is not dudes behind the foods. I was stuck in traffic for a gajillion <laughs> hours. I'm fucking starving. So I got this vegan a Mexican joint, delicious, delicious, by the way. I fucking love it. Oh, yeah. Sorry, y'all. You're, You're just pretty gonna... hangry before you got here. Yeah. <laughs> hangry, upset, mm. this close to moving to Vegas. I swear to God, I'll move to Vegas. It's not bad, right? That's pretty good. There's a vegan spot. I'm like, mm. dude, they know what's up. They know how to do this. Mm. I think it's, it always comes in a veggie grill bag, so I'm, Pretty sure this place is probably owned by Veggie Grill, but <laughs> it's pretty fucking good. Mm. It's kind of shocking how good it is. I don't remember the last time I had vegan food. Might have been like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I had vegan food when you're like, oh, I like this. Yeah, it's good. I'm well, glad guys, you guys found an option. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because Robin Couch matters, and she can't just be here not eating while we're eating. Right. I refuse. Greatly appreciated. Yes. We appreciate you. So, it's been a while since we've done a movie review, but I fi- we had to do this one because I finally watched one of the worst <laughs> comic book movies of all time. And I got to tell you this, right? I know sometimes when people listen to this podcast, not majority of people, but they're like, oh, you nitpick everything. Well, let me just tell you. I like watching movies, right? And I could appreciate films for... Even if it's not what I particularly enjoy, yeah. But I think one of the biggest fallacies, fallacies, fallacies that people have when they watch <laughs> superhero films is that they go, "It's just a superhero movie." I think we move past that. Yeah, we're not at the Lou Ferrigno phase of the Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> like you're not supposed to. You don't have to expect less because it's a comic book property. Exactly right. right? Yeah. And I think you don't have to say that to defend why you like the film. Right? If you enjoy it. Just enjoy it, right? But when you do like a review, we're probably we probably are gonna watch things and kind of nitpick at it a little bit because 
we enjoy it. Not the nitpicking part. We enjoy comic books and we enjoy yes. comic book films. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of like put it in perspective, I think they put out even a post where Disney said that they're going to pull back on a lot of Marvel films now. Yeah, I think I read something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of dipped into the well too much and they were trying to pump out things as fast as possible because we were consuming absolutely everything right. without even with, without even thinking about taste, without even thinking about giving people enough time to create a good film. Right. So it was just a money grab, you know? Right. I mean, Star Wars is going through the same thing right now. They're just there's so many new properties. Remember when there was like a Star Wars drought <laughs> <laughs> where it's, it was gone for a couple decades. Then you have episode one, two and three come out and then you're just like, oh, what the hell? And so it was quiet for a long time. And there was those animated shows. But now it's just like all these little properties in Star Wars coming out, too. And they're taking a page off the Marvel book mm -hmm. with that. I mean, there. I mean, I don't know if you also saw uh, Indiana Jones Five. I did not. Yeesh. I didn't Bad. like it. I didn't like it at all. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, when I see them do this, like even when I watched the trailer, I I kind of had a feeling I wasn't going to like it. <laughs> and I don't like it sometimes when they taint things that are already good. That's a part of my childhood. Right now, I don't necessarily know as an adult if I watch Indiana Jones now, even the previous one, would I love it? Mm -hmm. But. Whatever memory I had of it, I want to keep that. Right. Right. So I recently tainted one of my favorite cartoons of all time, Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I decided to watch that shit again. Oh, I was like, the fuck is this bullshit? Uh, the Dragon Ball Evolution? No, the, the OG shit. The OG. Uh... And I was like, this is a dumb cartoon. It, yeah, it's pretty dumb. It's fucking dumb. I remember, I think it was a few years ago. I was like, man, it's been a while since I've seen Dragon Ball. And then I put it on again. And I just remember it was, to me, unwatchable now. The, it's unwatchable. The plot is is also kind of dumb. It's trashy like, Superman. Yeah. It's like it gets regurgitated over and over again. It just kind of peaked at Cell. Some people say it peaked at Frieza. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I don't know. Like when I watch it now, I'm like, oh, it's not made for me. <laughs> it's also this is this is this is a kids show. What is the point of this series? To get stronger <laughs> and stronger and That's stronger. Yeah. Is this watching a bunch of alien meatheads? Dude, um, have you checked out Dragon Ball Super? No, I heard it's actually decent. I don't like it. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I don't know whether it's the animation style now because it's digital or like the character designs. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the Brawly movie. Mm-hmm. Because it was just classic, just punch and fight, not much plot going on. It was on. Um, John Wick. Was it? <laughs> it's the yeah. John Wick version of what we like, you know? Right. We're not expecting much. We just want to see some gangster ass shit. Right. You know, when I was watching Dragon Ball, it was like, okay, let's even take out the obvious, right? Where there's literally six episodes of just charging up. Yeah. Which for me as a child used to kill me. The idea of it is so stupid. It, you know, this legendary Super Saiyan. Nobody has done this before. I, I was like, we've heard about this when we were kids. Like, mm. nobody has been a Super Saiyan. Now there's 4,000 of them, yep. right? Not just one, Super Saiyan two. Not just two, three, four, five, Monkey God. Mo like, no. what is this? Like, what are you doing here? Dragon Ball Super, there's more Saiyans from different universes now. And you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I tied this back to a lot of these Marvel films and um, these spinoffs now, right? Where they go, oh, wait. We ha kind of have a fandom. Guess what? They've ruined one of the best things, that, you know, in terms of like, in, like theoretically, 
how awesome this is. It was like the idea of the multiverse. Mm. How many fucking multiverse stuff do we have now? They're now even starting to beat that shit to the ground. Yeah. Right? And it's a really cool concept, but they're using it not so much as we get to explore different ideas. It's more like now we have an infinite amount of spinoffs. Right. <laughs> oh, man, we couldn't just keep beating this dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Into the fucking ground, right? And so now like the metaverse idea, not metaverse, I'm sorry, the... um. Multiverse. Multiverse idea is just a money grab. Yeah. And there's no thought put into it as much, right? And it's it's starting to ruin these superhero films for me where I, you know, I used to get excited. Mm-hmm. I used to get excited whenever there was a new, uh, we watched uh, a trailer for the new superhero film with the, was it Miss Marvel or whatever? The Marvels? The Marvels? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the fuck, man. It doesn't look. It so doesn't look enticing. Yeah. It looks like something I would see as a series. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look film worthy at all. Did you see the Miss Marvel show? I don't know the show. <laughs> you didn't know there was a show? No. So it's the, it's a high school show. Mm-hmm. The thing is the first episode starts off like uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And okay. I was like, oh, I can get into this. Mm-hmm. And then as it keeps going, like I can appreciate the representation that the uh, show like represents for uh, Indian and Pakistani people and oh, like their history. I saw two episodes of this mm-hmm. um, in the middle of it. I didn't know what it was and I laughed so hard. <laughs> Not because it's in India, because they were doing a chase scene on a tuk-tuk yeah. and I could have speed walked faster than that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they were trying to make it as dramatic as possible. Yeah. You know how fucking slow those things are? Like I could probably run fast enough where I could touch it and grab it. And then... They kind of took a bit from, uh, well, I guess it came out first, but uh, it kind of has the uh, same plot points as uh, Suzume. <laughs> oh <my God>. okay. <laughs> the time travel yeah, aspect yeah, yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, it's so fucking corny because after that, it just, I don't know. It, it feels like a bunch of old millennials or Gen Xers writing stuff for Gen Z, thinking they know what Gen Z is like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's what Miss Marvel feels like to me. Yeah. It's just it, when I watched it too, it was like a couple of episodes. I didn't know what I was watching. I was in Hawaii and my buddy Sean turned it on and I'm like, is this like a Nickelodeon show or, or <laughs> what, what is, you know, I didn't know it was like a Marvel it's film. It's Marvel's Nickelodeon show, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know who the general audience was for, but for me and I, you know, leave in the comments below if you do agree, if you did watch the show, because once again, I can't really judge too much because I only saw a couple of episodes not knowing what it was mm. and it felt like. They were really pushing that representation button really hard on this one. It was. And, it was hard. Yeah. And it's like you could have done this and made a really good project to really represent that culture a lot better mm-hmm. than just making a shitty fucking show for them. Like, yeah. I hate that. It, it it felt like a like there was all these check marks that they needed to pass through to make it. This is what makes it an um, uh, Indian Muslim show. Or mm-hmm. Pakist- Are they Pakistani or Indian? I forget. Uh, I can't. I, I didn't watch the show. Yeah, that's you know. the, that's the thing. Yeah. I just forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, those aspects were pretty important to her personal story because uh, they go back in time to when they were um, like refugees mm-hmm. and such. And I, I I could appreciate how it came into the story, but then at the same time, between all of that, like you know, like like we said about Fast and the Furious, they have all of this drama and issues, and they settle it in their cars, right? Mm-hmm. And in the superhero films, they have these personal issues and these deep-seated, like, subconscious things that they have to 
break through and it's represented in like a fight between their enemy and the antagonist, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that, for me, then I expect a fucking show, like something to show out mm-hmm. when the big fight happens. And on those Marvel shows, man, they're shit. They yeah, look I, like crap. What is that? Like, I don't, you know, it's 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 really disappointing because um, I feel like for these Marvel shows, the comic book has been thought out pretty well, mm-hmm. right? In terms of like character development and story. So really at this point, it's up to the director. And I'm not shitting on these directors as if I could do any better, right? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I think that obviously there's a lot of factors involved, right? There's studio heads, there's and there's studio heads where there's that issue. And on the other side, there's comic book nerds that don't understand that certain adaptations do not fucking work for film. Yeah. And so they get their fucking panties in a wad like, well, why isn't it exactly like this? Mm-hmm. It's like because on film adaptation, it doesn't make sense, which you'll see a lot of issues that happens with anime like yeah. films and shows, mm-hmm. which we're going to do a whole one piece review, yep. by the way, too. Yep. Um, I'm not going to even get into that because I haven't watched it all the way. But what I have seen. Ugh. But, <laughs> but um, those are the issues that we have. So they have to battle a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. What do what does the studio execs want? What can we put in here? Oh, can we put this in to make it more relatable? Oh, wait, the comic book stuff. This doesn't adapt. Well, comic book ner- nerds are mad. So you kind of just get like pushed and pulled everywhere. So nothing really gets to live the way that it should be. Their best hope is to satisfy everyone. Exactly. Right. But how and do you do that? Then, yeah. And then just, just try to ignore the the voices that, that fight back until, you know, you, you can't avoid like a serious flaw. Like um, I saw Secret Invasion. Have mm-hmm. you seen that one? Mm-mm. Oh, man, it's so bad. It's it's the, really? it's the worst show that that Disney Marvel has ever put out. Really? It's the worst MCU product that has ever come out. I mean, so far the worst – film that I saw was um was it the Marvels the one with the, all those like 13 superheroes I think no 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 uh the oh shit the, they they're the like immortals? in cocoons yeah and they're in Hawaii or something from the moon and then they end up they were like the people that were sent to earth years ago to yeah, protect yeah. it and whatever the Eternals the Eternals yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how much <laughs> okay. I fucking hate it I don't even remember the fucking name yeah because of how ridiculous that fucking film was right number one Biggest flaw of that, how the fuck are you going to tell the story of 12 people in an hour and a half? Yeah. You know, it was just so rushed and dumb. You didn't even get to see the half of the abilities that the people could do. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand it. It was the worst. My Korean pride got hurt because they did Ma Dong Suk dirty. <laughs> or you guys might know him as Don Lee mm-hmm. or a.k.a. my Buff dad. <laughs> <laughs> or Buff Ed. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was that was a tough watch. Especially at the end, like, it's this huge Avengers-level, like, threat, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, you've already got 12 of these motherfuckers who have all these powers, right? And so this giant fucking alien god, a celestial, comes out of the earth, straight up peeks out of the, you know, the the fucking Pacific Ocean, Mm -hmm. and... Where's all the massive tsunamis, <laughs> right? Where's all the, like, literally earth-shattering earthquakes or whatever? Okay, so that might be nitpicky, right? But subsequently after that, is no one going to talk about this giant <laughs> fucking thing sticking out of the ocean? Mm-hmm. Does it apply to any of the plot afterwards in Nothing. Marvel Phase 4? No, they could just act like that movie never happened. Yeah, and it was like this, like, those type of, look, 
you're supposed to suspend your like your disbelief for a lot of things when it comes to comic book films, right? We all we all know this. But I can't suspend my disbelief for stuff that's already imaginative, that's already in this make-believe world. Yeah. It, that part should still make sense. Like, for example, we'll go back to the Shang-Chi thing, right? Like when he was – when his dad was telling him, like, listen, I know a way to get back – get back to your mom in this magical world that he knows mm -hmm. exists and he goes that's the dumbest thing i ever heard <laughs> like wh what do you mean i just don't like you dad yeah <laughs> uh, i don't like that idea like, it doesn't make any sense yeah. like how is that the most ridiculous well, somebody snapped their fingers and half the world disappeared yeah <laughs> like it, like that type of shit yeah the, the there was the dude from um atlanta in the eternals uh, um donald glover no no no, like, no 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 I, I remember he's the rapper in that show where he's a deep sorry. voice. I was thinking about Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but so in the Eternals, this guy is like an engineer inventor and he mm -hmm. gives these this technology to the humans bit by bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. earlier in the film, like he creates the engine, right? And then they're like, we can't give that to them now. That's too far for them to understand. And then later in the plot, they show a flashback and he's crying at Hiroshima because he gave them the fucking atom bomb. Yeah. It's like, wait, a fucking internal combustion engine was too much for these people, but you gave them a nuclear weapon. The dumbest thing ever. It's, uh, oh God, I remember I that. Answer. I watched it. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> also, too, they didn't really do like, they're supposed to be like these ancient beings that have been throughout society, right? And it's like, everybody's accent is different. It's like in the weirdest way possible. Some are American, you know, yeah, some I, are English. <laughs> like what the fuck is going on here, man? But the movie that we want to talk about after all this griping is The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a Marvel film. It's a DC film, right? Yeah. Which we already know that when we start comparing superhero films, DC films have been known to be the lesser than yeah. of all superhero films, right? Yeah. And we're always waiting for the great version of it, right? Mm -hmm. Where, oh, this one actually looks good. And the kind of like the disappointment that we've been going through with DC films is that these trailers look amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They sell the trailer really fucking well. Yeah. But when it comes to the actual film, it's terrible. Now, Ed, a few months back, told me that I have to watch The Flash because it's so bad. And I just been watching so many bad films. I just been ignoring it because it's been mm. ruining my film watching experience. So we went uh, to Big Bear this past weekend. Yeah. And then we put it on. And they had a theater room in this place that we were renting out. And I watched The Flash all the way through. And I listen. People have already warned me that this film is really bad, right? And usually, what happens is, is that when somebody says that, I go, it's, "It wasn't as bad as most people think. Mm. This was way worse than people described it." Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you, <laughs> you set your expectation, uh, expectations low, well, but they went in a fucking low. Mariana Trench, dude. It's kind of insane. Yeah. Just off jump, when you see this film, number one, I didn't even like the way that it was edited. Um, we can get into that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first thing that was so bad which I think everybody talked about, but I don't think they talked about enough, was how terrible the CGI is. Yeah. It is laughable. In 2023, <laughs> for a film to come out like that, with that type of budget and backing, to have yeah. CGI that bad is unreal. How much did it cost? $200 million, $230 million. It's almost as if like- That's Avatar budget, dude. <laughs> it's crazy. That's Avatar budget. And, and they got three hours, three hours out of that bitch. Like, this was like a clean 90 minutes. The longest 90 minutes of my life, yeah. by the way. The yeah. longest 90 minutes of my life. First of all, like in the first like 10 minutes of the film, you see him 
First of all, I hate the way he runs. <laughs> uh, second. Like, he's, a, he's a speed skater. That's yeah. how he's running. So he's like, he, he's not getting traction on the ground. So I get what they're going for, it looks but dumb. it looks ridiculous. Yeah. Because out of all the things that they're trying to do their research on to make it believable, that's the one that nobody gives a fuck about. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't look like he's running. Yeah. Like, first but, of all, he's traveling through time. Yeah. Who the fuck cares <laughs> what this run looks like? That's the most superfluous detail that they spent on. There's so many things wrong with the film. Mm -hmm. That was the last thing you should have cared about. Um, he's running across the water. I legit thought I was watching Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I at first was saying, man, this is like PS4 graphics. <laughs> And I gave it more time. I was like, oh, shit, this is PS3, dude. Yeah. It's <laughs> like I might as well have blinked, looked at his hands, and it was the two blocks yeah. with no digits. Yeah. <laughs> that era, like Street Fighter <laughs> EX, yeah. you know, when they tried their first 3D fight game. Like, you could see when he's splitting the water, it just looks like sheets. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Uh, like, the movie just started. <laughs> and I'm already looking at it as if this is dumb. Like, is this a reshoot already? Like, yeah. From, from what... I've read and heard like a whole bunch of it. More than 50% was reshot because there were so many issues. So I guess it started off with the OG production team, this guy Jeff Johns and Walter Hamada, right? Okay. Who were behind the whole mess with what happened to Justice League. Mm -hmm. And they were turned into Justice League. Mm -hmm. And then subsequently after that, they were in charge of like Aquaman and, and Wonder Woman 2. And, you know, it was more... Oh, kid-centric because they saw how Marvel was making the big bucks because they they knock out the four quadrants, right? Whether you get all genders, you get all ages, you get all generations and, and whatever, right? But Zack Snyder's vision for DC was very – it was an entire Batman world. It yeah, was yeah. dark and gritty. Man of Steel was dark and gritty for God's sake. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, OK, we need a adjustment and make it more brighter and make it, you know, more kid friendly and such. And so you saw a lot of undoing of what Zack Snyder did and his vision, which you, you hired an auteur and you asked for his vision and he gave a very unique, specific, very vision. specific. Yeah. Where. Yes, it allowed for um, sequels like Wonder Woman one. I still love was, that movie. It was good. Yeah. But that's because it still had that flavor from uh, Zack Snyder's production where it looks like, it, you know, that manner. Well, after that, they fired Jeff Johns and Walter Hamada. They added two new executives. And then so they had to reshoot, re-edit. And then like they, they shifted around a bunch of dates. And then once again, because uh, Discovery... The Discovery Channel bought Warner Brothers. Oh, did you did know they? Discovery Brothers is worth billions? Really? Because their TV content, they're worth so much. They bought fucking Warner Brothers and all of its properties. I had no idea. Yeah. So that's the whole thing with like everybody hates their CEO, uh, David Zasloff. Okay. I guess because he is a penny pincher. Mm -hmm. And he flipped, you know, HBO Max is now just Max. When HBO was such a solid product yeah. and a staple IP, yeah, see, they the just called it Max. I didn't understand why that switch happened. Like, what was the purpose of that? I have no clue. Just penny pinching things. Like, I don't know how that saves money either, actually. But the three they also, letters are too expensive. Yeah. They canceled a bunch of shows. They uh, took off a bunch of shows off their uh, 
quote max page. Um, so things are unavailable now. And then, but what they also did was they hired James Gunn to be the new CEO of DC. I think that's a solid move. Mm -hmm. But once again, they, I did, I guess they had to do a couple more reshoots and edits like months before the movie came out. That's why some of these shots were just so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they had to follow an aesthetic across the board Mm -hmm. and stick with it. So everyone looks like a bunch of PlayStation 3 characters. It's so comical. You know, especially for some a company this size that knows that what the public expects. Yeah. Right. And we've seen. And just to just to add to your point, um, you know, whenever when you guys go back and you watch this film, if you ever do after listening to this podcast, I want you to notice um, when you watch this and then you watch the Zack Snyder cut. Right. When he was a part of like the DC universe or whatever, how important lighting and coloring is <laughs> to the mood of a film. Mm-hmm. Right. It is incredibly important and when you look at the story of like dc characters right and this is not i'm not really much of a comic book nerd but i know just enough right the batman story in and of itself is really really dark yeah and the reason why i was excited about this series specifically this was actually one of my favorite um dc story arcs Mm. because it's so fucking sad and dark they changed it completely are you talking about the Flashpoint the fla- par- the, yeah. paradox? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I love that storyline. It's such a good storyline. Yeah. And so when I was watching this and I saw number one, like how they colored it, <laughs> it was like, what is this? It, it's it, like super saturated, but bleak. Yeah, I don't like, know how to describe it, right? It's yeah. dark, but Not- very saturated. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. Like all the daylight shots, right? Yeah. It, it was so just, it looked so happy-go-lucky. And I'm like, what is the mood and the tone that you're on trying a rainy to set? day? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the mood and the tone you're trying to set for this film? Yeah, it was very, very confusing. Mm. And then, look, some people enjoyed like the like the ode to like the Batman's old suit. It's like yes. blue. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people enjoyed that. For me, I'm not sure. Like, I I just kind of thought like Batman. You know, there was a problem with Batman and Robin because by the end of the movie, they have these bright silver suits. Yeah. And then you remember, you know, Batman works at night. Yeah. You know, the the suit works because he works at night. Mm -hmm. So when he's out during the day in sunlight and then he has that blue gray suit with Ben Affleck's like scruffy self over it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It didn't work for me. Looked like he was cosplaying. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what is this cosplay character? Yeah. It was just really, really fucking odd. Um, The worst CGI scene that I've ever seen in in a film at that budget was when you got to see the babies. Yes! Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, 
You can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest and flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. Hey all, it's David So, and if you want to listen to Genius Brain without ads, now you can. Just go to geniusbrain.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one-week preview of the ad-free version for free. You'll get ad-free listening to the show. You can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting my show too. That's geniusbrain.supercast.com. Thanks. Do you remember? It's so uncanny. <laughs> you remember the dancing baby? Uh, yes, <laughs> that's what it looked like. <laughs> it was so fucking bad, dude. Like back in nineties, two thousand, the idea of a dancing baby was this gif mm-hmm. of a CGI model baby. Because back in the day, these CGI artists were goofing around, and then who could have made this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. And it worked at that time because it's like, wow, computers can do this. But now it's like we know what computers can do. What the fuck is this? I, I literally – it reminded me of like God of War 3 or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I was looking at it, I'm like, listen, I know what the, the capability of like what these people can do. And mind you, this might be a to go back into – you know, there's going to be – I heard there's like an animation strike too. Where yes, yes. A lot of – Disney Marvel VFX artists are looking to strike. Yeah. And you know what? A hundred percent. You guys look like shit because they're not giving you enough time yeah. to finish these things. I a hundred percent agree. As a consumer, I agree. Not even somebody in the business. As, as, as a consumer, mm-hmm. I never want to see shit like that again. I could honestly wait another three to six months just to get the right amount of time to get your VFX done. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that that'd be fine. I mean. That's what the, they had to do for Sonic. <laughs> Remember Ugly Sonic? That trailer came out. The internet went crazy. Bashed it to pieces. Then they delayed it six months so they could finish and redo all the VFX. You know, and it, they did the best one it could. Jim Carrey saved the movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you see this and it does look like, man, it looks like a like a, a month-long job that you did. You just had to whip it out real quick. But when I was looking at it, I was shocked. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you sat through the whole thing and you're just like in awe of how a major studio <laughs> yeah. can put this much money and then like just deliver this to you, to to people who have seen Avatar earlier this year, right? 
Also, too, if you knew the CGI was so bad, maybe cut that scene a little short. Mm. That baby falling scene was so fucking long yeah. and so anticlimactic. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it wasn't even that amazing. Like, it didn't really showcase his powers. It, it was exactly what you just said. It was a what the fuck scene. Mm -hmm. It was just like absurdity. Maybe that was them being like, this is what the kind of ride you're, you're in for here. Right up front. We're going to blow our load. Mm. Don't expect anything more or less than this. Because remember the introduction of The Flash mm. and you saw his powers. It was fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was done so well. So you've already set our expectations for what we want to see. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we already know what his powers are. So now you have to show us something a little different in, in, in terms of like stylistically. Well, what they showed was this calorie meter <laughs> in yeah. his wrist, which... He needs, like, in that moment, it's like a, the ticking clock. He needs to eat food so he can keep time slowed down mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like Popeye with the spinach <laughs> or something, right? But you know what? That never comes up again. <laughs> Usually you're foreshadowing something like that because it's going to be important to the plot later. Yep. Nope. No. Nope. It's just... It, they, they never bring it up again. Yeah. <laughs> like, Except for, like, you know, when... <clears throat> later on in the film, you'll see this. And you know what? I'm not going to even say spoiler alert for this because if you don't see the film, who the fuck cares? Yeah. You're not missing out on anything. Yeah. Literally, you're missing out on absolutely nothing. So, you know, yeah, there's like, what was the point of that? Like, was it going to come out towards the end where he was about to win and he forgets this one thing or something? I don't know. Somebody throws yeah. a snicker in his mouth. Like, what, what are we going to do? Apparently, here? that was part of the original plot. Like, um, you know, to use that as one of the points in the third act where his energy was being depleted and then they just cut it out and reshot and told a different story it's so when you watch this film right like we're not gonna even do like there's just so many things to nitpick at this right so essentially when you when you understand like who the flash is like the flash is not just somebody who is the fastest person on earth right he has a his powers are connected to the speed force mm -hmm. and the speed force depending on how good of a flash you are you could actually travel back in time right right and so there was this weird cut where they kind of it was like already in the future where he does like the flash force and they cut back to present time did you do you remember that part I so i can't recall because i literally saw it in the theaters and then i never thought to see it again yeah so he starts running and he goes into the speed force right, literally right, out right. of nowhere. And oh, I'm like, the, the spherical kind yeah. of thing. Right, right, right. And then they go back to, oh, why, why he figured out, why is he going into the speed force? And they cut to that after. I'm like, what a weird cut. Like, why, why show that and then bounce back? Because it wasn't even a stylistic choice that they did throughout the film. It was just that one part. Right. And right. I thought that was really fucking weird. Oh, was that when his future self came in and knocked him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I think I, I understand. So he goes into the speed force because... Uh, Batflick, he's his friend in that in that universe. He tells him, "Hey, don't go back in time. Don't try to change things. You'll fuck shit up, mm -hmm. right?" But he just went to the trial of his father, and he, the appeal was shot down because I think the that was lack of evidence. So they did that after. So he did it after? he already oh. shot through the speed force, and then when he goes in there, they go, "Oh, why is he doing this?" And then they did. Um, why he went in there afterwards. So they kind of did the, the non-linear thing. Oh man, I, I can't even It was a weird that. cut and jump because they only did that once throughout right. the film. And I could be wrong, but because I hated this film so much. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was really confusing, right? The 
the one thing that I liked that they did was when he went into the speed force and his face started stretching. Right, right, right. I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Right. So I give credit. It has for that. its moments, you know, and then it just there's the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> and so when he's in the speed force, right, you'll see this part where there he gets to see everything that he's done, right? And you're picking right. a certain place in time that you want to jump to. Once again, the CGI. Yeah, like that Henry Cavill that it's was standing so there was like, yo, what is going on? It's so bad. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. Like somebody approved this. And I feel like the artists who worked on it were probably like, you know what, just fucking take it. Like they were probably pissed. Yeah, like we, we just got to just finish it. Yeah, kind who cares? Of like yeah. this is it. Um, the director says, oh, it's like that on purpose because that's what the speed force looks like. Nobody no, buys that. <laughs> I don't buy that for a minute. Get the fuck out of here. That is the dumbest you thing I've ever heard. chose that aesthetic? Fuck that shit, dude. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard yeah. in my life. If I was a studio exec, I'd be like, if, if they director chose that, I'd be like, no way. I would have fucking put my hand in there to be like, let's jump up the quality. It's... A little too obvious through the news because we didn't even mention it yet. Like Ezra Miller's bullshit and how he's being canceled and all that shit. And so like um, it, they they chose to stick with him and shoot the film. Here's another thing. Did you know he got paid twice? What? He got paid twice because he plays two characters. Get the fuck out of here. He might be a piece of shit, but his agent smart is shit. a fucking smart motherfucker. <laughs> then a fucking Eddie Murphy should have got paid a thousand yeah. fucking way more than he did so before. So many times over, right? That's fucking weird. And we could talk about the whole Ezra Miller thing too. Uh, we'll get to that later on. But you know, when, you, when you're at this point of the film, you know, as you're watching this, it's almost hard to even pay attention at this point. <laughs> because <laughs> why? Like. Yeah. It, it's not getting any fucking better. It's like you're watching a bad movie for the for because it's bad. Like mm -hmm. the way you watch The Room, it's a bad movie. The way we watch Cripple Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the attitude you have to go in watching it because it's just like they they take itself like seriously as a blockbuster film, but it's just they couldn't figure out the tone for the film. Mm. That that was my. Probably, if I would say, the thing that bothers me the most, aside from the, you know, the way that the film looked, was the tone was just never set. It's like, is this a dark film or is this a funny film? Is this goofy? What, what, what are we doing here, right? And mm. I, I like serious films with a hint of humor, which Korean films do really well, yes, which we yeah. pretty much enjoy. But I got really, really disappointed. I know a lot of people probably enjoyed the fact that they got to see the original Batman that we grew up with. Right. Right. But then when I found out, they just changed the whole story of like, so if you guys don't know, originally when you see this new uh, timeline Batman, yeah. that Batman is actually is supposed to be Bruce Wayne's father, right? Right, right. Thomas Wayne. Yeah, that's Thomas Wayne. Yeah. In the Flashpoint Paradox, the original story, um, when Barry Allen goes back in time to save his mom, what that does is changes a bunch of shit with all of the Justice League. But in this movie, they just focus on Batman. In in the original story, um, Bruce Wayne gets killed in the alleyway. Mm -hmm. And so Thomas Wayne, you know, goes crazy and he becomes a Batman. Meanwhile, Martha Wayne, his mom, turns into the Joker. Mm -hmm. Right? Spoiler. Sorry about that. But like, and that is showing off like one of those what if things, like these little butterfly effects of what would happen. So what you're speaking on, it actually comes up in Batman v Superman. 
in the beginning of the film. The um, Walking Dead guy is Thomas Wayne. Mm-mm-mm-mm. He was the comedian in The Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what his name is. Morgan something. Yeah, something I- Morgan. But I guess since then, back then, I thought I think that was twenty fourteen when they started filming it. They had already planned for him to play Thomas Wayne in the Flashpoint Paradox movie. Mm. That's why they casted him because he's a pretty decent star. Yeah. You know, it's like, why would he just have this small little cameo part as Thomas Wayne? Yeah. So the idea was that he was going to be Batman with a mustache and guns. Mm. Right. But yeah, they took that out. They probably saw how, you know, that wasn't going to bring in a lot of money, but will bring in, in a lot of eyeballs is if they did something crazy. With Michael Keaton. Like bringing back Michael Keaton. Yeah. I just hate that choice. Just because, you know, in the reveal in the comic books, when you realize, like, the thing about, like, the Flashpoint Paradox is it's the fascinating part is watching the butterfly effect, mm-hmm. right? And the consequences of these actions. And... The only consequence that we really, really saw, obviously within his personal life, was just like, oh, Aquaman doesn't exist. Oh, this super, that's it? Yeah. You're just going to talk about it? And I think, like, that's the part that disappointed me because the thing that got me really excited was when you see um, Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas, right? When you see that reveal and then what, what is Batman's whole thing? I don't use guns and I do not yeah. kill. Yeah. And then you realize that in when he died, his father, his, he's not a child. You know yeah. what I mean? He's a he's an old man set in his ways, and now he just wants revenge, yeah. right? Because he doesn't have like for that growth period for him from from child to teen to adult. He's just like my fucking kid is dead. My wife is the fucking Joker. Every, fuck the world. Fuck the fucking world. And yeah. so what you get to see is Bru- the opposite of Bruce Wayne, a yeah. vigilante, an actual vigilante. Yeah. And that part gave me fucking chills. Yeah. And they took it away with this guy who's explaining the fucking Flashpoint paradox with fucking spaghetti noodles. Yeah. And he he. <laughs> It he comes out of a closet when he's introduced. <laughs> What's that about? It wasn't like a grand reveal. He comes out as a crazy hobo. Why? He has like a long beard and long hair, like as this feels a shut in, like kind of thing. Like, didn't they do this in Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> Except he looks even more haggardly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know about the introduction, but. And there was no explanation really as to why he's like that in that world. <laughs> you know, it's just, oh, this is just Bruce Wayne. If he's a crazy, per- is that it? Is that what that is? Like, what, what is it? What is this? I don't, yeah. I can't, I'm grasping at nothing here. Yeah. You know, I mean, w- when I was watching it, like I said, my favorite theater is uh, the Chinese theater in Hollywood. And I decided to just go out and see it opening night. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know why I wasn't expecting this, but it was just a bunch of other 30-year-old dudes, like man boys. And it smelled so rank. It smelled like an anime convention in there. You know? <laughs> and when Michael Keaton came out, holy shit, did those did they freak kids, the they fuck out? freaked the fuck out. I mean, we saw the trailers, we knew, but mm-hmm. they couldn't hold it in. I mean, with all the little, we, we'll keep talking about it, but all the little things, I could see why the fanboys would love because that's what I wanted to see that. But the rest of the movie encompassing these moments don't make up for the moments. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's not worth it for me. If well, it, if you're not telling an even better or compelling story. And and I feel like they should... <clears throat> the audience doesn't need that anymore. <laughs> 
superhero films already have a built-in fandom. Yeah. Well, now you're just being gratuitous. Like, you don't need yeah. this. And you should have already learned this from the likes of films. Like, so, for example, you know when Thor came out? Nobody fucking gave a fuck about Thor. Right. Thor was never anybody's favorite comic book character at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. They didn't need that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was fucking just hemming and hawing or like, were, they weren't uh, upset or just super happy whether or not whoever was casted for Thor. Yeah. Right? It was just a part, it was just the fact that it was a superhero film that they, or superhero that they heard of when they were growing up. Yeah. When I grew up, I didn't give a fuck about Thor. Yeah. I knew the story. I knew who he was. Didn't give a shit about him. We look at, um, even Iron Man, not a lot of people knew who Iron Man was unless you were playing Marvel versus Capcom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? I don't know any of my friends my age, at least, that was out there getting Iron Man comic books, you know? Like, um, and when Guardians you of the Galaxy. Back, yeah, yeah. Who, I I actually had no clue who they were. I didn't know either. <laughs> I've never heard of them before. Yeah. And so when it came out, I, I didn't know what to expect, but they just made a really good superhero film. Yeah. And it held on its own. It had its own legs. Mm-hmm. That's why, if that was the reason why they had Michael Keaton, I think that's absolutely fucking dumb because people already loved The Flash. Yeah. They loved, they like, when he was first revealed and they saw his powers and the way that they did it, they already fell in love with him. So at that point, what, is that is that the only thing that was going to hold your film together, just adding Michael Keaton? That's mm -hmm. fucking it? Mm -hmm. The original storyline was way better. And people would have left with something like, yo, this is fucking trippy. What if Batman was a vigilante and he killed people? Yeah, yeah. That was the trippy thing. And then... Like even with the, in the comic book, like just trying to get the original Flash, who by the way is character-wise a childish person, and they're trying to correct their mistakes and they're maturing. Yeah, for him to try to be in the position that normally Batman is for him to try to right. teach, right, what, to be that. that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. They took that shit out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so angry. I mean, they, I think they had to translate it back into Barry Allen, where because he's this annoying kid in the previous films, like he's the comic relief. We kind of said that about Shuri having to step up to be Black Panther. She was the comic relief in the first film. Yeah. And now you're making her the lead. That's a tough sell. The same with, you know, uh, the Flash being the comic relief, you know, when he's with everybody else and he gets his own film. They have to show this more mature Barry Allen dealing with his younger self, the one, the annoying one we remember from Justice League, I guess. Right. And mm -hmm. so he gets that frustration out of him. Did it work for me? I'm going to say why it didn't is purely because of the CGI. It was a body double with the CGI head stitched on mm -hmm. on so many of the shots. And it looked ridiculous. It so, so uncanny. I don't I don't. <laughs> They did one joke in the in the film that made me laugh was when he was trying to run. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really That was funny. pretty funny. I mean, they also dealt with the butterfly effect saying like, oh, Eric Stoltz is in Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like all these other stars are in different movies. Yeah. But other than that, the other major butterfly effect was that there's no Superman. Yeah. There's a Supergirl, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. It was pretty badass when Michael Keaton started well, well, Batman, old Batman started kicking ass mm -hmm. because he moved the way Batman does. I think that they at least did that part pretty good. Um, once again, my theater cheered for that. But beyond that, you're also got to remember you're seeing an, a 60 or 70 year old man being CGI body replaced. 
to do these moves. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's kind of okay. So in Indiana Jones 5, right, in the opening scene, they do the de-aging. It's the best I've ever seen where oh, that's right. Harrison Ford looks like 1980s Harrison Ford. It looks so fucking good, right? Mm -hmm. But he's playing himself. He's his body, right? So you're seeing this young, sprawly, walk, like, a old walk like an old man, run like an old man, and voice like Haggerty, like an old man. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So y y you kind of lose the magic after that, you know? Yeah. And so in, I kind of felt that way with like, I mean, like I said, it's cool to see Batman move like that. But then you also remember when you watched Batman 89, he couldn't even move his neck because yeah. the, the suit weighed like 100 pounds of rubber. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. Um, you could actually watch the, I think they did a cartoon version of Flashpoint this. Paradox. Yeah. Yes. And it's excellent. It's on Max. Okay. So you could check that out. Yeah. You guys should check yeah. that out just to see how the story would have panned out, which kind of explains our disappointment. Mm. And once again, whenever you have, like I said, tone is very important for film. There is no world where Batman is a happy-go-lucky mm. film. It mm. just doesn't make sense. His fucking family was murdered. He lives in a dystopian society. He hangs out in a cave. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. That's why, um, what's it called? The Twilight Dude. What's his name? Um, Edward Cullen? Edward no, Cullen. Wait, uh, that's the vampire name. That's close enough. Who's the guy that plays him? Robin, who's the guy that plays the Kurt Cobain? <laughs> <laughs> Which character are you talking about? The vampire who plays Batman now. Oh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the vampire that plays Batman. <laughs> the Robert Pattinson version of uh, Batman was amazing. Yeah, yeah. The tone was right and it makes sense. And even with that, sometimes too, people miss... They kind of uh, misinterpreted that film. But they were like, I don't understand why Batman is so clumsy. It's because he literally just became Batman. Yeah. If he was out of nowhere the best Batman on Earth, that would have made absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. But he's a teenager trying to play like an adult vigilante you yeah, know, right, hero. Right. So he's going to be clumsy. He's going to be weird. And he's going to get better as the movie progresses. Yeah. Which I really, really enjoyed. But that's where I'm – that's a great example of the tone that's really set for the appro – the appropriate tone that's set for the right character. Yes. So when you see Batman come out and he, I was like, am I watching fucking uh, – what's his uh, – was it Mayor West? Yeah. <laughs> Adam, Adam West. West. Am I watching Adam West like version of Batman right now? Yeah. Are you going to have fucking a Robin in the spandex, a little underwear come out too? What is this? And they – do oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, one of the one of the plots points where it was pretty convoluted to me was he was he's like, oh my god, you got to go get your powers. And I was interning at this lab at this time, and that's where you got to get a bolt of lightning or whatever. So he sets him up. He gets hit by lightning. It goes through both of them, and so the Barry Allen we know loses his powers. Now, like, I understand why, like, okay, Iron Man 3, they took away his suit. Mm -hmm. What can Tony Stark do, right? Um, there's a lot of films like, oh, somebody loses their powers, so what can they do, you know, as the character that they are, right? But in this, Barry Allen is just, like, severely annoyed because he doesn't have his powers. powers. Yeah. And what do they do? Oh, they go to the Batcave and they set up some 
Tim Burton contraption, and then he gets, he has a CGI body double again, and the weird wide-angle close-ups, it's probably one of my least favorite shots in, in modern cinema today. They do a lot of that, but when you do that with a CGI body double, it, it looks terrible. It looks terrible, man. And I and I know I said I wouldn't talk about One Piece, <laughs> but <laughs> that it was plenty of that. I only saw the first episode, so I saw two. It's they love that super wide angle close up, yeah. and it is literally trash. Yeah, why are you using a fucking sixteen year old vlog angle <laughs> <laughs> for these fucking shots, dude? Yeah, it's just, I I look. Everything has its place. Yeah, right. Not throughout a whole fucking show though. Yeah, and. That's the that's all I'll talk about. That we'll talk about. Yeah, that, the one we'll piece get review. to that. But yeah. yeah, I fucking hate the fucking uh, whoever the DP was for One Piece. Terrible, <laughs> terrible job. Um, where where were we? Oh, so they go to rescue what they think is Superman in some Russian prison. Mm -hmm. Um, similar to Black Widow, don't they go to a Russian prison to break out Red Crimson, Captain Russia? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, they find out it's uh, Supergirl and they keep her in the dark so she doesn't get the sun rays to get her power. They take her, bring her outside. It's pretty decent action. You know, it's all right. And then, but, okay. and then it jumps to where he tries to get hit by lightning again. And then it doesn't work. <laughs> He's all burnt up. Yep. And so what happens? Supergirl comes out of nowhere because she didn't want anything to do it, but she comes back for, I forget why. Yeah. <laughs> and she takes them up to this guy and they get hit by lightning and it works that time. Yeah. Okay. So now he has his powers back. Well, that part I didn't understand either because I thought the reason why he got his powers was because of the cocktail of everything. And the chemicals that and hit him. lightning. Yeah. So she just threw him up and fucking flash fried him. And then <laughs> third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. <laughs> but what, there was the chemical. Yeah, I mean, I thought yeah. it was that thing all together was the reason why it hit at the right time. Yeah. But no, it's just, you just had to hit, throw lightning at it. Yeah. It seemed it, this is what it feels like. It feels like, um, the new super saiyan levels. Yeah. Right. Whatever there is super saiyan blue or whatever, it seems unearned. Like even Gotenks when they do the fusion mm -hmm. and then he turns super saiyan three, you're like, didn't Goku like train that in the afterlife, like some major, like ridiculous amount. When the we, we when we were talking about this earlier about Dragon Ball, like that very first time Goku turned Super Saiyan, like he earned that shit. He he went through some shit, you know. And then they, he died. He, he died. literally yeah. died. Krillin couldn't even died, right? Yeah, and, yeah. So there's as the series went on it was just like yeah everybody's super saiyan it's not legendary one guy or whatever everybody has these powers everybody levels up the same way or whatever there's different instincts or god yeah or something like that it it gets diluted mm -hmm. in the same way like it was it's, it's kind of like i don't know it just feels unearned <laughs> yeah 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 it 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 feels like i i don't even know what it is we learned about barry's character with him without his powers nothing Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely fucking nothing, dude. Because there was a second him with the powers, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, the only thing that kind of came good from it was, like, I thought, like, the emotional tug that they did for, with his relationship with, with his, his mom. mom. That yeah. was my favorite part that of the That was film. the best part of the movie. Yeah. That worked. Mm -hmm. Right up until it didn't work at the end. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get to that. We'll yeah, get yeah. to that. So in the, in the plot, 
whatever world they are in the year they're in, I guess it's 2012 when Man of Steel came out. So they're in that timeline. But in that universe, they killed Kal-El as a baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did a post-birth abortion on him. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Supergirl is his cousin? Is his cousin that was sent uh, after him to watch and care for him. Right, right. And then um, so basically Zod is back looking for her, you know, because... Like, like in Man of Steel, he's looking for remaining Kryptonians or whatever. And so they cut it back to the scene in the desert um, from Man of Steel. And then they interject their way in there. And they have this big fight. And they lose. And they keep losing. So when they lose, uh, the Flashes have the idea, okay, we got to go back in time and do it again. And then... They keep looping in time and then they just keep losing, right? Until older Barry has to take in what his mom had told him. Like, there are some things that can't be fixed. Yeah. Right? That, that That's the whole moral of the entire movie. There's some things that just can't be fixed. You know, and they're, like, we got to grow and live on and deal with the pain, you know? And young Barry can't accept that and that's where we see oh that's who that guy was early in the film with the spikes and all that shit it's it's him it's him it's that flash but i don't really understand why he's pierced all over with yeah i don't understand metal that and he's fine or, yeah um i guess it's the super vibration the atoms going through shit i forget yeah. but in any case because they keep going back in time they fuck up the multiverses and then fucking the original 1940s, 50s Superman shows up in black and white. And then fucking uh, Christopher Reeves shows up with Supergirl from that time. And they look like shit. Yes. They look fucking horrible. It's so bad. Like, I don't know if, like, okay, so he comes out and then he comes into the light. And you know it's Christopher Reeves, but it's so, once again, I keep saying the word uncanny. I'm referring to the uncanny valley. Yeah. So if you're familiar, like this has it been a thing that um, has been coined because of what CGI has done over the decades. Like if you watch movies from like 90s and 2000s, when they try to make realistic humans in CGI, we just know something is off. Yeah. Right. We just know it doesn't look right. So, uh, like Beowulf. Do you yes. remember that movie? Holy shit! Everybody had these dead eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they it, it it wasn't working then. But the idea is that on the graph, like the more cartoonish it looks, the more we can accept it, right? So all, all sorts of cartoons. I don't know, Buzz and Woody. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But then when you get more and more to towards trying to get human likeness, the more and more our brains don't accept it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and we're we we're almost there with CGI technology where it looks very real, and we are accepting it. Avatar would yes. be a great example. Yeah, exactly. This movie is not no, does not uh, pass that test. When when that part came out, and you just saw Christopher Reeves come up, I'm like, is this a bonus level on Mortal Kombat? <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? 
you know, I've seen the Mortal Kombat trailers, and that's yeah, that's how they kind of come out, right? Yeah, I was like, is this a bonus character on Mortal? Like, what? Am I watching a movie still? Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. And they, you know, like I said, they're they're doing. I don't know. I'm not sure if they're doing this just to save the fucking film at this Mm -hmm. point. They're like, okay, we got to get the CGI Christopher Reeves, and then of course we have to get. What's his face? Nicholas Cage. Oh, yeah, Nicholas Cage. Right. right. Which? What did you say was the reason for that? Yeah. So that whole Nicholas Cage thing. Um, there's you can find the story on YouTube. Kevin Smith had this um, Q and A session, right? And someone brought up, "Hey, didn't you? Weren't you on that Nicholas Cage Superman project?" And he was like, "Actually, yes." And he spends the next thirty minutes telling the whole story how, in the nineties, um. Because he was known as that comic book guy because he makes these movies and they make these comic book references. He must know a lot about comic books. So they call him, ask him about Superman and writing the show. I mean the new movie in secret. So I was like, holy shit. So he he penned one of the drafts, early drafts, and it was called Superman Lives, you know, directed by Tim Burton and starring Nicolas Cage. So he's sitting there with the um, producer, John Peters, right? And this guy, this producer is giving out all his ideas, right? He's like, and he says stuff like, I don't want Superman to fly. Eh? Right? It's like, um, okay, what else? And he's like, at the end, he has to, no, like, oh, I don't want him wearing a cape because he looks like an F word. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Nicholas Cage said? No, this is what the producer oh, okay. said to Kevin I was, Smith. I was about yeah. to say. No, so the, the, the producer. I don't want Superman to fly. Yeah. <laughs> Why? But then one of his other demands was he has to fight a giant spider at the end. What? Is it? Okay. Yeah. Why? Why, right? And then he also said he wants him to fight a polar bear or something. Is he high? He's just dumb, I think. I just think he's just, you know, a really old Hollywood exec who just thinks about making money and doesn't know anything about the property. That's so stupid. Yeah. So and it's, a, it's a hilarious talk because the punchline of it all is pretty hilarious. Um, I'll just say it because um, they scrapped the movie. They scrapped Kevin Smith's, you know, script. So there's no Superman movie. But that producer, John Peters, went on to produce a movie called Wild Wild West. Oh, or at the end, there's a, there's a giant fucking spider. <laughs> Right now, here's another thing. John Peters also he did end up uh, producing um, Man of Steel as well because I think he is a big time exec at yeah, Warner yeah, Brothers. Yeah. And in the beginning, yeah, there's a polar bear. I thought that was a maybe that was a reference, but yeah. then they are in the Arctic. But at the end, he that world changing machine that ter- that's going to terraform the Earth. Mm-hmm. It has these arms in it. Looks like a giant spider at the what end. What is with this dude and spiders and polar bears? What the fuck giant, is his obsession? I don't know. So that's why in this movie we see Nicolas Cage and he's fighting a giant spider. It's in reference to that. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. You know what's so dumb too? I And I really do agree with this, especially because I've been a part of like the filmmaking process. If you're an executive producer, you should just shut the fuck just up. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> cool. You have the money. Put the money in. And let these people do what they do and because they know what they know. Yeah. You 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Executive producers sometimes can be some of the worst. And I'm talking about this from an indie film perspective is because they are the people who have never had a creative fucking bone in their fucking body. Yep. And this is a way for them to hover the money, hover the carrot over everybody and say, I want this because it's so cool. And I'm a creative. No, you're not. Yep. You have money. Shut the fuck up. Know your fucking role. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is a way for them to be a part of the creative. And so they could be a part of these like groups and conversations that, you know, that spider. Mm -hmm. That was me. <laughs> here, mammy. Did you like the spider? <laughs> yeah. Did you like the spider? I, these guys, they didn't know how to make a great film, but I did. Yeah. And this is where, once again, as I was talking earlier, where some of these films that we enjoy get tainted in the process of making the film. It is so right. hard when you get to a certain budget with a certain expectation for it to end up the way that it sh should be to end up with a really great product because everybody has their grubby little stupid fucking hands like polar bear spider fuck boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like how ridiculous is that shit for just to be in the meeting and say, you know, I would be fucking cute. A polar bear. Yeah. Everybody loves coke. And who doesn't like polar bears? So, yeah, in your face. It's hilarious because you don't even know what he sounds like, but that's the type of impression Kevin Smith <laughs> Oh, <makes>. really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know these types. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they really don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but they talk a big game. And look, I've been in these type of situations, too, where um, a lot of people have to justify their job and their position when they don't have to. Mm. There's a lot of people in this world who actually don't do anything, but they think that they're worth more than they are. Yeah. And then these people sometimes end up being your boss. Yeah. And you find out really quickly how much they don't know how to do shit. We talked about this earlier when we with that one guy that tried yeah. to, and I called that fool out so fucking hard because I was so sick of his shit. Because when you talk, when, when we found out that Ed was, long story short for this, for those people who don't know the story, it was this little fuck face that basically is really good at kind of lying his way through jobs, doesn't abs doesn't actually know anything or actually do anything. And so originally Ed was, I brought on Ed to this project because it was supposed to be a quick green screen thing. Yeah. But then he had him start writing the script, doing all this other stuff, which was unbeknownst to me and giving him the same fucking rate. So basically what he was doing was offloading his job off to Ed yeah. <laughs> without without ever discussing it with me and I had no idea. Yeah. And I was wondering why this fool was like MIA. It's because he was doing all this work yeah. <laughs> for the same fucking shit pay. And then I had to email you where I was like, yo, I can't do this, man. He's like, what? You, you were confused because you thought it was just easy. Green screen. But in my, the, all the communication I was getting was holy shit, like uh, a fucking um, short in a short because they're going to do a presentation on the screen. I had to make another video within that video you know and so it was quickly turning into a five-figure project a hundred percent where and i was this like this guy Dude. got let go from the company that i used to work for and yeah, yeah. i'm pretty sure he got let go at this job too i fucking was like not you know he tried to email me he's like it's a big miss i was like it's not a misunderstanding i read the emails like yeah. you're you're being a fuck yeah you know what i mean it's trash there's there's literally evidence there but you know not to get sidetracked but this is kind of what happens in the filmmaking process so a lot of people too when you know, I have to be mindful of this too, which I am, but I'm still going to judge the project for what it is. But I do understand that everybody has their stupid hands in these stupid projects. Mm -hmm. And that's a great example of it, right? And we talked about that with, um, not Man of Steel, but uh, Zack Schneider's uh, Justice League. Yeah. Right? Look what happened. Look at the product that you ended up with. Because the producers took over. <laughs> it's just, it's fucking horrendous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let the directors do their thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think that if you if you hire on a director and you trust their vision and it works within the budget, I feel like Marvel films 
don't need that wow factor that they're looking for to sell this project. Yeah. Like you don't, it, the wow We're factor. invested in the characters yeah, already. The wow factor is that it's a superhero fucking movie that people yeah. are gonna watch anyways. Yeah. The, and this is so fucking true because no matter how bad Flash was, people still went and saw it. It did bomb though. Yeah. It did bomb. Although, like, because it, look, $200 million is a lot of fucking money. But the hilarious part is $200 million in the box office is not a lot of money. Yeah. First of all, that Maybe. film shouldn't have cost $200 million. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That should look like a $40 million film at most. Seriously. They they could have they could have gotten something great out of it just by stripping it down and giving him 40 mil. Yeah. Honestly. Like what we're talking about now where producers get their grubby hands on a film, like, um, you know, the, the, orig the first Suicide Squad. By yeah. David Ayer. Um, do you know what happened in that movie and why it's so ass? No. I um, just know it was one of the – I forgot how bad that was. So the the producers um, was seeing how it was coming along while it was in the edit. And then they hired a separate trailer house, right? It's a company that gets clips from these studios and they're hired to make amazing hype trailers for us right and so because there was such a uh, great response to the suicide squad trailer they fucking kicked david ayer out of the editing room and gave the editing project to that trailer house that's, that's hilarious that's why they try to make it more like gardens of the galaxy that's why they had these weird titles that you couldn't fucking read that's why they they had the most terrible like just poor fundamentals in editing you know, where they're skipping time and space, essentially. And so out there, like, mm -hmm. it it really, David Ayer's come out and said, like, how much it fucked them up mentally. It's so stupid. They're like, you know what we like? We like what Deadpool does. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking the four. Yeah, we should just add that. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So, like, by the way, you idiots, the reason why the Deadpool thing works because it's in the comic books. Like, That's he, how he acts in the comics. He does it in the comic books. So it was an ode to that. And also, too, just... The actor is naturally just that fucking hilarious. He was mm. the perfect fit for fucking Deadpool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This snarky, uh, just quick-witted fucker. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it makes sense. And then you just have Harlequin just break the, well, well you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck the, is this shit? The, the weird voiceover shit. Oh, yeah. I just hate there it. Was, there was the, um, you know, even this scene we're talking about with this other multiverses colliding with one another. That's not hard to see that that looked like a bunch of producers saying we got to get everyone like from our past. We got to Let's combine the entire, you know, DC universe that goes way back to the black and white films. That original Superman, um, it was another Reeves. I forget what his first name was, but because he was so well known as Superman back then, he couldn't get any other work. He had to constantly play you could only get the job as Superman. Oh, wow. And so he killed himself. Really? No family, no kids. He I had ended no up idea. Killing himself, committing suicide because his career was just nothing but Superman. That, that role destroyed his life. Really? And then fucking 60 years later, Studios X is like, bring him back as Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Damn. Damn. I had no idea. It's fucked up when you see it like That's that, so right? That's so sad. Yeah. And they brought this motherfucker back to life for our, I don't know, one second of, ooh, 
that guy, we don't know his name. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Did yeah. you see Flo from Progressive in there? She's yeah. super sad. <laughs> That's all she gets. That's all I can play. That's so fucking. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, you know. To kind of like just wrap up my thoughts on this, like I'm actually really glad that these executives are kind of knowing, like, oh, I guess we kind of tapped out the fan base, right? Where we just kept on bringing out shitty project after shitty project after shitty project, and now their ticket sales are down. They're bombing at the box office. You would have never heard about that about. Any superhero film, no matter yeah. how bad the film was, it was going to do well just based on the fact that they already have a built-in fan base. Yeah. But you have done such a terrible job. And by the way, people's expectations are going to grow, right? Mm -hmm. At first, we're just happy because now we get to see, you know, like I said, no more Lou Ferrigno Hulk. Yeah. We're not, I'm not dissing Lou Ferrigno, but it's you just, just had a buff guy in green makeup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we were just happy to see that because of technology, we get to experience a quote unquote real life version of these comic books that we saw in our head growing up as a kid. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now this is the standard. So where do you go from here? You can't make worse films you know, <laughs> than the ones that already came out that are good. Yeah, They stand the test of time, no matter what, even if you're not a comic book fan. You, you can't tell me that you watch Captain America, uh, The Winter Soldier, and say it's a terrible film. Yeah, I always wait for a comic book movie in the third act and hope that it's more broken down instead of a big CGI fest. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know what it is. Maybe they're not resolving... Um, all the conflicts in the third act properly. Like the same way, you know, like we keep bringing up Shang-Chi, there's no doubt the choreography's dope. But in the third act, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hey, Dad, like You just go die. Yeah. Let me just go Bye, here. Bye, Dad. I, I have a new dragon, you know, yeah. pet dragon. Who cares? <laughs> My dad Fuck. died. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so anyway, like in this scene too, it just, there was, a bunch of dead people that they brought back to life. And so even ethically, you wonder, was this coup with the family? <laughs> <laughs> or do they own their likeness do they too? Get, maybe, or do yeah. they get paid for this too as well? Yeah, like the family and stuff. Like, I have no clue. You know, when they did those moments too, uh, you know, we weren't watching, I wasn't watching it in theater, um, like you were with the smelly people. <laughs> but just, it seems so forced. It was. They come out and they're expecting people to be like, oh! I looked at that. I'm like, what in the Mortal Kombat 3? I, <laughs> I think what I heard in theater is like, oh, shit. And then it quickly died. <laughs> it went from, oh, sh oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wanted to see maybe that exec be in the crowd. But people are going to love this. And he sees the reaction. He goes, oh, man. Yeah. That's not what I was expecting. Here's the thing. Like, I forgot the movie. I forget how that scene ends. Um, How do they get out of that? Speed he force? goes back in time and then he ends up into the reality. He fixes. All oh, right. He takes the tomato can out of the cart. Yeah. Right. That was a very emotional scene. That was the best part of the yes. entire movie. It, it got me emotionally, even yeah. though the rest of the film was trash. Like, I, like at least his motivation was there. Mm -hmm. Right. And that resolved itself. Everything else that, that webbed out of that was just. Lame. Just, just corny. Yeah. Lame, corny. Everything about it was wrong. By the way, the theme we just talked about how, you know, which is a great life lesson, that some things just can't be fixed. We have to learn to grow 
And we have to learn to move on and live with such things. Like it's something I deal with on the daily, right? Mm -hmm. But what the fuck does Barry Allen do? He he still goes back in time and, and, shit up. and changes shit so his dad gets out of jail. And well, here's another plot hole. Who the fuck killed his mom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like they, they do just the murder. He just missed the murder of his mom. And then I was thinking, oh, maybe that spiky guy, he was the one who killed his mom. Uh, they never bring it up. Well, that was the thing. So <laughs> when I was watching the film and he, you know, he's supposed to learn his lesson. He gave this emotional speech about you just can't change things. And he goes back and he still, still changes, changes things. things. And I'm like, wait, this whole emotional moment, which was the best part of the film, was fucking ruined. Yeah. Because you're still a jackass. Yeah. You didn't learn your fucking lesson. On top of that, too, uh, what I thought he was going to do was not to change the past, but to go and find out who killed his mom. Exactly. That's what I thought he was going to do. You're the superhero. I know you're not a detective, yeah. but you are a for forensic scientist. Isn't that what the shit you do? Study the blood patterns, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. The fuck? I thought that that was going to happen. Instead, he's just content with you. Sometimes you can't fix shit. Well, maybe if you found the killer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So when he had that emotion when he was talking to his mom, and I'm like, damn, this is really good. And I see him still go back for the tomato can. I'm like, wait, yeah. what are you doing? What did you just say? Yeah, like you didn't do anything. You didn't learn anything, Put dude. more minus. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, you're just like, you just, you just learned your lesson. Yeah, you could have <laughs> gone back and then looked for the actual killer, saw the killer instead. That yeah. would have made more sense. hang us to the, to the next sequel, yeah. right? It's like, who is this killer? And you find out, and that could have been a continuation of the series. Yeah. But instead, it's like, who's this new Bruce Wayne? I fucked up the whole timeline again. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. This guy learned nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The cameo at the end. Fucking ER. Um, George Clooney. Yeah, George Clooney. <laughs> I mean, I guess that was all right. It was super simple and easy. But the hilarious thing is that the original ending, someone took a spy photo on set. It was Michael Keaton. They cut him out at the end oh my to bring in George Clooney. That's so you know, just more cameos. It's cameos. That's what the fans love. Cameos. More Batman. Yes, more Batman. But this is what they were trying to do to say the film. Like I said, your audience is a lot smarter than you think that they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they just they just think that everybody's a bunch of dumb simpletons that are gonna like everything. Which okay, okay. So when you watch that film, you know, with with a bunch of the, you know, stinky people, they, they <laughs> cheered. But even then they got right back to their senses. Like, what is yeah. this shit? Right. Yeah, everybody does. I, I've seen a lot of like even me where I think I like that. And then maybe I might be influenced by other, you know, um, like voices on the Internet. But then I'll go back and watch it a second time and then reevaluate, you know, because I know what I'm expecting and I can now look at it clearly. I did not want to see this movie again. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it a second time and I still forgot a lot of shit. Where you wanted to give it a chance, right? Like, okay, if I expect the CGI to be bad, then the, the story itself should play it along. <laughs> but Dude, the no. CGI is worse the second time around. Yeah. It's even more apparent. Yeah. Because now I know what to expect. I'm observing everything like this fake looking ass baby inside of a microwave. Yeah. The fuck was that shit? Like, I... I I, I can't take away from the performances, you know, because they acted the hell out of a really convoluted script, like also something too, that was bound to just get the, shitty. One of the things that I didn't like was the inconsistency of what 
when he takes somebody and makes them travel super fast and then throwing up. So mm-hmm. in the film, he got grabbed by the other Barry Allen and he threw up, right? Right. Well, what about the babies? What about the nurse? Yeah. What about like what about them? They they were fine? Like, the, right. What, what is this? It's inconsistent. I don't I don't get this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he didn't have to throw up and it just would have been fine. But it they was, added that part. It's a gag. Yeah. Right. Like why why do this, dude? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. Like just stop making shit films, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel and I know, actually, we do know a lot of people who are in the film industry are now looking down at Marvel films and superhero films because this is all that people want now. Mm-hmm. This is all that they expect. But they called it from the in, in, from the jump. They're like, this isn't going to last. Like, you're going to have to go back to, like, the artistic and the art side of film, right? Because it's not snobbery in in, in in the art form, it's yeah. just that things, certain things make sense to make a great film. Yeah. Whether you know the right terminology to describe it, you know when you see it and you walk away, you feel something, right? So we might be able to break down the reasons why, but even then for the average goer, average movie watcher, they you don't have to break it down. You just yeah. know. Yeah. You just know what is wrong. Something's wrong here. I don't know what the fuck it we is. We have so many friends that come to us like, I walked out. I didn't like it, but I don't know why. Yeah. And then we have a conversation with them and they understand. Like mm-hmm. it starts to make us, okay. Because their brain isn't clicking because of the fundamental way we we understand stories, mm-hmm. even though we don't know the formula of everything. But we still understand, you know, the way things go. So when something is just as gratuitous as a cameo, then that shit loses its fervor after its fifth cameo. Exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. Surprise! Surpri- I'm like, oh, God, oh, I don't God. care yeah. anymore, dude. I really don't fucking care. Is this the only reason why you got people to come to this film? Because what does it do? It stops the story in its tracks to surprise you, and then they got to move along. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a big deal or something. Also, too, the thing that I didn't really understand was – uh, once again, maybe it's because I didn't follow the comic books as hard, but I did read in the comic books the, this whole story arc. And so I think it was my brother who got me to read it because it was mm-hmm. really cool. Was is Barry Allen smart or is he dumb? <laughs> <laughs> He's a scientist. Yeah, which is it? But he does act dumb. Yeah, is he smart or is he dumb? I, either, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know like, I, mean? I think I know he's, at least from what I saw from the uh, animated film, he's quippy. Yeah. But he's not a dumbass. He's not a dumbass, exactly. Yeah. So when I saw this Barry Allen, you know, with the he's like literally dumb as fucking rocks. But he's still in that school. I'm like, wait, <laughs> how is he still at this university? Yeah. So you know what I mean? So I thought that he was a loser that never got there because he yeah. didn't have to face challenges. So he didn't challenge himself. That's why he's like this dumb, dumb, happy-go-lucky kid. Right. But no, he still ended up in that school and he's still a <laughs> smart ass kid. Like, wait, what what do you I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. This doesn't make sense to me. It's it's just wildly inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's forever going to bother me. Well, and, guys. Oh, oh, yeah. One last cameo. The post credit scene where Aquaman is a degenerate drunk. Like when I see shit like that, I'm like, that guy has a problem. He needs help. <laughs> but then the way they played it where it was hilarious that this guy, well, I mean, if he fell face down in a puddle, he wouldn't drown. He's fucking Aquaman, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. then that was it. He was, he, he was just smashed. <laughs> so, like, and that was the post credit scene. I didn't even wait for the post credit scene, dude. I I, I was so over it. Uh, yeah. So it's funny. You had it on demand. You could have fast forwarded. You yeah. just turned it off. I just turned it off. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was. It. I really, really hope that they the these studios learn a 
valuable lesson from things like Doctor Strange and this film about how <laughs> cameos, you know, they're fun and cute when it was Stan Lee. But when you're bringing, you're blowing your entire wad in like one film, in one scene, like the Illuminati scene in Doctor Strange 2, uh, the multiverse in, in this movie, yeah, it, once it, again, takes, it takes away the value of the film to me. And once again, the the idea that the butterfly effect has heavy and large consequences should be portrayed better than somebody just going, no Aquaman? No this? No that? That's it? You know what I'm saying? Right. He's not, he, there's no consequence to him doing that. Oh, I don't have help. Yeah. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, they they've un, they understood that now this whole multiverse thing can give them so many different spinoffs spin uh, as a revenue source. Mm -hmm. But what they didn't count on was that the audience is a lot smarter than they think. And they're going to get tired of that shit. Especially nowadays, too, where people get tired of things really quick. They, they should have known this was coming. Apparently, this was supposed to be the jump off where it wipes the, clates, the slate clean and restarts the DC universe. But that ending does not portray that at <laughs> it all. It doesn't do that at all. You think that, oh, we're still in a fucked up multiverse, you know? <laughs> well, well, guys, let us know what you thought about, what's the full title of this film? I call it it's, Flash the Trash. <laughs> it's just called The Flash. Okay. Well, yeah. What, but, what did you guys think about this? Yeah, watch The Flashpoint Paradox on Max, man. It's a much better story. Yeah, watch that to get a context of what we're comparing this to. Then watch the film. Or if you've already watched the film, go watch this cartoon version. Yeah. And then tell us what you think because I'm so curious for people who are avid <laughs> um, superhero film yeah, the, uh, the, watchers. The blueprint was there. Yeah. And they like trashed it. It's like building a fucking you know, dresser without an Ikea instructions. Yeah. <laughs> It's the Ikea Flash. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, you can catch Genius Brain every Sundays at 12 p.m. You can catch Ed at Ed Park VP. Uh, Genius Brain is every Sundays once again at oh, 12 p.m. I have finally have a new episode of Bible Study at Momo. So okay. You guys can check, check that out. out. Bible Study at Momo. Yeah. Momo. Bible Study at Momo. Check that out. Uh, that's uh, Ed's podcast. Uh, he's uploading whenever. No set schedule. Just whenever I feel like it. So whenever yeah. he feels like it and he talks about it on the podcast, go check it out. Secret Society is going to be launching our first line of the year real soon. It's been a headache, but we're almost there. Or if not, if it's already up, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be up by the time this podcast goes up. But uh, see you all next time. Love you very much. And let us know if you want us to do more movie or film reviews. And even if you don't, I'm going to do it anyways. Yep. So <laughs> bye. <laughs>
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.